Hey everybody, welcome to TIW Podcast. I'm Eric, and today I watched WWE Elimination Chamber 2019. Let me pull up the uh, the Wikipedia page so I can uh, remember all the matches that happened. So I just got back uh, back home a couple hours ago. I made a quick trip out to, to Houston for the show. And uh, I was joined by an old Blue Devil friend, Sean, and that was uh, really awesome to, to see the show with him and um, you know, just talk about all the all the wrestling stuff. Um, it was it was a great time. Um, so uh, I I kind of avoided reading anything, any of the discussions online and all that, because I enjoyed the show so much in person, and I didn't really want to have that ruined by just reading so much of the nonsense um because no matter what online complaints are to be had and i don't want i'm not going to complain about anything in this episode i'm going to talk about all the stuff that i really really liked and that starts with the kickoff show holy crap this match like this got things started uh like at a level nine level 10 um buddy murphy is strong as hell and akira tozawa is awesome in this match as well but uh some notable things that i can remember specifically was uh tozawa doing his missile like suicide dive to the outside and buddy murphy just catches him under his arm and lifts him straight up from there like Akira Tozawa didn't hit the ground until after that uh, is a brain buster that he does out of there. Um, he the suicide dive to the outside caught by his head and didn't hit the ground until he was lifted up and then hit into that brain buster. Ridiculous. And there are a few combos later on by Buddy Murphy that were incredible. And then there's a giant senton off the top rope into Buddy Murphy uh, as he was dangled over the, uh, I think it was over the second rope. Um, That was ridiculous. Um, Man, this match was great. And I have a feeling it's on the kickoff. Buddy Murphy's going to win. But I did not mind that one bit because they both kicked ass in this match. Um, So the actual show started off with the women's elimination chamber uh, match uh, to determine the first WWE women's tag team champions. And, oh, this match was great. It's so great and it has the, it had the, the best possible ending. I think everybody was hoping, hoping for the boss and hug connection to win, but the doubt has been uh, cast upon us over the last couple of weeks. With Sasha Banks being injured and uh, Bailey having to win on her own um, a couple of weeks ago and all that kind of stuff. And personally, it worked. They fooled me. I thought for sure uh, it's going to be the Iconics. Or what is this going on this year? Is that some. There's some goop. Some goop on my computer. There was a hair stuck to it. That was weird. Uh, I was convinced. It was going to be Iconics or the Riot Squad. They're going to win this. Or even worse, 
Naya and Tamina, but none of them won. The Boss and Hug Connection, Bailey and Sasha Banks, are the inaugural WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, and I am so excited. Um, I I don't know how often they're gonna um, defend their championships, how that's gonna work um, as being a, a cross brand thing. All of that, all of that, we'll just wait and see what happens. What's important is that we got the winners of this match, and the match was a lot of fun. Um, some of the, let's see, what, what were some of the, some of the best things? Um, Mandy and Sonya were awesome in this match. Um, they really got to shine. Um, I loved, loved the uh, elimination by the Iconics. Who did they eliminate? It was. Um, I think they pinned Carmella um, to eliminate Naomi and Carmella, but they they worked together, and I that had me going. Like they are actually, I, I talked about this in the um, last week's SmackDown that they understood the rules of the the exact rules of the match they're in and took advantage in a way that they can't when the rules are different, and they did that in this match because it's basically tornado tag team rules everybody is legal and so they were able to work together to pin um it was like a a roll-up followed by like a sunset flip sort of team uh team up and so they were both pinning their opponent and they got the first elimination of the match but then they got eliminated by who were they eliminated by Oh, I have the I have the I have the Wikipedia page. I can I can look that up. Um has the order of of when they are eliminated. Um Uh yeah, then the Iconics the, uh, right after eliminating them um they were eliminated by Nia Jax and Tamina. Um so I thought it was it was really awesome that uh Sonia and Mandy um that team and Sasha Banks and Bailey they were the two teams to start the match so that was pretty cool and they they just shown that's the is that the is that the correct past tense of shine they shined they shined they they were shining they were shining their shining was apparent throughout the entire match. Uh, Liv and Sarah had some awesome stuff too. Nia and Tamina also had some awesome stuff. Man, how they took out Nia that she slammed through <laughs> through the pod. That was pretty cool. And then all of them ganged up on Tamina to, to take care of her. Four. Four of them uh, got the pin. So, uh, yeah. Eliminated by Sasha Banks, Bailey, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. Um, so yeah, yeah, this match is so good. After this match, I I said I don't even care what happens the rest of this night. That was awesome, and uh, yeah, the rest could just be disappointing, awful, all of that. But I'll still be really happy about this match. Um, up next, we had uh, what turned out to be a pretty great tag team match. Um, unfortunately, Shane McMahon sacrificed his well-being um, just to get a loss with um, 
Um, who got the pen? I guess it, it was hard to tell from my seats um, between the Usos, but I think it was Jay who got um, smashed through the table by Shane McMahon, and then Jimmy got the pin on The Miz. So the Usos are now six-time tag team champions. Let's see. Yeah, they were the first one to break, to get four four championships. I think New Day were the first ones to get five because um, then the bar caught up to them. Um, and now they're the first ones to get six. So that's pretty cool. Uh, triple threat. We got to have triple threat. Quadruple th- threat. Screw it. The bar, the Usos, New Day, uh, McMiz, man, McMiz, McMahon, McMiz TV, um, Four Corners, um, Tornado, Tornado tag team match for those guys. Make it happen. It'll be great. Um, so yeah, I, I was pretty happy with that. And like the, the aftermath of this is going to be really entertaining, I think. Then we had Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush in a handicap match. So weird. Such a weird match. And it had the best possible outcome with Leo Rush getting too involved in the match. It's really... He started the match and tagged out right away. I thought, this is like when you have a Pokemon that's low level. You start with them and swap them out before the match even really begins. So the match starts. Your first move is switch in a good Pokemon. Um, so that your the low level Pokemon, the tiny Pokemon, gets some experience. You level them up, but they don't actually have to fight. So that's a, that's what was happening to begin with. But Machoke kept tagging in there, tagging out Machamp, the much bigger, stronger Machamp, and um, he got beat. He got beat real good by. Um, can't think of any Pokemon. What what do you call Finn? Was he got beat by Mew? And Demon Demon Mew is Mewtwo. Demon Balor. Anyway, um, yeah, Finn Balor is the Intercontinental Champion, and Bobby Lashley is not happy about Leo Rush getting pinned by Finn and losing the championship for him. He uh it he, he hits it was a power slam. Is boom, I'm done with you. Walks away. Bobby Lashley finds new friends later in the night. Well, we'll get to that in just a second. We had Ronda Rousey versus Ruby Riot. This match, I was like tweeting about Ronda's awesome Sonia uh, Sonia Blade gear. I hope she, that she wears that type of stuff from now on. It's so much cooler. So much cooler, so much more badass um, than uh, her her previous gear. But she's probably going to go back to the previous gear. Anyway, that's not the point. I was tweeting about that, and then suddenly the match was over. I was like, oh, what the crap? Um, But then there's a whole thing with uh, Charlotte. Well, she came out before the match uh, anyway. Um, uh, Charlotte was there at ringside watching the match, and then they face-to-face whatnot and Becky comes out from the crowd through the floor on crutches but it's all a trick well her her knee is hurt but she used the crutches to beat the crap out of Charlotte and try and offered Rhonda a shot at beating up Charlotte with the crutch 
But as Ronda went and was contemplating it, Becky beat the crap out of Ronda Rousey as well. So that was a pretty cool that was a pretty cool few minutes there. And I'm excited to see what happens next there. Um then the last singles match of the night, Baron Corbin versus Braun Strowman in a no disqualification match. Baron Corbin won because he formed a new version of the shield. Um what's a what's a good name for that? The uh the force field. Is that a, a good synonym? No, not really. Um anyway, they triple power bomb. This is uh Baron Corbin in the match, of course. He's involved in that. Um Bobby Lashley runs to his new friends to join them and Drew McIntyre. They powerbomb Braun Strowman through two tables. They have the whole uh <laughs> they bring up the steps to to give them the elevation to do it and everything um that that was pretty cool i mean it was it was a lot to get there is a pretty sophisticated setup not sophisticated it's a pretty elaborate setup to get there but um that moment of him going through the table that was that was pretty cool um and then we have the main event oh my gosh fantastic uh we started off with samoa joe and daniel bryan in the ring against each other. Daniel Bryan's absolutely livid that he's he's at a disadvantage again. He was the first in the, the, the gauntlet last week, and now he's starting the Elimination Chamber match as the champion, the ultimate disadvantage. But it makes all the end, and he retains the championship. And the final... Oh, my God. The final... Um... Like, once everybody else is eliminated, it was on. Um, Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. These last 12 minutes of this match were absolutely fantastic. That was, like, the true main event. There's cool stuff that happened earlier in the match. But Kofi, Daniel, one-on-one for his last 12 minutes or so, tore the house down. Everybody was hundred percent behind Kofi as far as I could tell I was so glad that I wore my I, my new day shirt um there was this kid when we were um in line waiting um before the show uh this girl um comes over to me she's like oh I like the new day too and then that was it she's like that that's all okay bye like yeah cool <laughs> I said yeah I'm rooting for for Kofi to win tonight um so yeah the uh it was oh man this match this match oh uh my favorite moments the swanton bomb that was awesome it was uh had a lot of similarities to um uh had some similarities to the uh the senton from akira tozawa to to start to show out um also oh that was another thing was um uh, Sasha Banks, we had the, the double layer dip. <laughs> That's not what it's called, but I think it's a good name for it because she's dipping right into him. She had the double layer dip um, to deliver, I think it was to Mandy and Sonia. Um, that we, I, I don't think we've seen her do that in a while. So that was pretty nice to see see that um, pulled off. 
Um, what else was there? We had a phenomenal forearm into the into Daniel Bryan's back as he was trying to climb up the side of the uh, of the chamber. That was awesome. Um, uh, there was a lot less of climby climby stuff than I was expecting, but there was enough of it that they're still pretty satisfa- satisfying. Um, but uh, oh man, I've ah oh what I I I, I can't. I can't be mad that Kofi didn't win, but I am mad that Kofi didn't win. But it's also fine because he was just awesome. And this has got to lead to a, a straight-up one-on-one match between Kofi and Daniel Bryan at some point. Uh, it, whether it's at Fastlane or at WrestleMania. Ideally at WrestleMania because that would be amazing. And especially if Kofi wins at that point, that would be just fantastic. Um, but man, I'm, I, I can't wait to see what happens on Tuesday where everything is headed out of this. Um, cause you know, there's so much on this show that is just super satisfying in my opinion. Um, like even if the outcomes weren't exactly like the super feel good moments of the night or anything like that, um, there were enough of those that's like, man, we get te- we're we're getting teased a little bit of what could be coming real soon in just 49, 48 days, um, or even sooner than that in some cases. Um I guess there one thing okay, there are a couple of things to talk about that being there live was was really confusing and it sounds like wasn't much less confusing. There is one thing that was that that fits what I'm talking about right now. That was Lacey Evans appearing before the main event. Um, she comes out and then leaves, and that was it. Was every we were all confused? Everyone was confused. Didn't make any sense. And then, like online uh, discussion about it, uh, I said I was trying to avoid all that, but for that instance. I want to figure out what what's going on with this. So that um, our theory was that um, she's just, she's required to uh, uh, her contract is that she gets to appear on every single pay per view. She's going to be on every pay per view this year, um, e- even if it's just in a situation like that. Um, so we'll see if if she does the same thing at Fastlane, then that's what. If that, then that's definitely what's going on. Um, another thing, I we didn't see this in the arena at all, but I heard about them doing a, a there's a, a Kevin Owens um, sort of update. I don't know if that was during the actual show, if that was during the kickoff. If it was during the kickoff, that makes sense that we didn't see it because he didn't get shown any of that except for when Mark Henry came out and, of course, the actual kickoff match. Uh, for the cruiserweight championship that was awesome seeing mark henry and it was awesome that he gave mad props to uh buddy murphy and Kiro tozawa um so that that was really cool i have not watched his um wwe is it a wwe chronicle the special network um documentary about him i have not watched that yet and honestly i might not get around to actually watching it there's so much extra stuff 
that um I I just fall have fallen behind on all the all that kind of stuff. I only watched like one episode of Edge and Christian, even though it seems like super funny. I've seen a lot of clips from it. Um and like the the WWE twenty four WrestleMania thirty four I think uh that came out a couple weeks ago. I haven't watched that. Um so yeah, I'm just focused on watching the the in ring shows. I mean, I've I've already stopped watching main events. Um, I think the last time I watched that was like a month ago or something. But um, anyway, excuse me, and a little bit of the orange juice burps. Um, it's really cold here. I'm um, on the way to the airport yesterday. I picked up some breakfast and uh, a big bottle of orange juice. Not a gallon. It was like a 32 ounce or something like that. And that's too much orange juice to drink just in, in one sitting or one meal. Um, but I, I wasn't going to take it with me on the airplane or anything like that because you can't. Um, and I wasn't checking luggage or anything. Why would you put orange juice in your checked luggage? You're just asking to get orange juice all over everything. But um, so I just left it in my car and figured you know it's gonna be it's supposed to be cold so it's as good as being in the refrigerator so it'll be fine and uh so this morning i i'm like so thirsty i don't want to deal with opening up like my whole water bottle thing because it's a lot of twisty turny and unlatching is uh, connecting my backpack and all that kind of thing like oh i thought orange juice it's on the floor in the back i just reach back there and grab it and it's all frozen, not frozen solid, but it's like a, an orange juice slushy, and oh, it's so good! It's so delicious. Um, so I was just drinking that as a, as I'm driving back home from the airport. Um, so uh, oh, I want I I do kind of want to talk about this. This is not really it's applicable to wrestling if you're going to travel for wrestling shows, but it's applicable for traveling in general. So, um, I live in Denver. Um, I live like on the South side of town, the airport, if you're familiar with Denver is way the hell out, uh, Northeast. Um, so from here, it's about like 35 miles, um, which translates to a very, a, a pretty expensive Lyft or Uber ride. Uh, but I also live right next to the light rail. Um, which is $9 each way, but it takes like an hour and a half because there's like a transfer and all that kind of thing. So there's a, a whole like equation that I run through. It's not like a, a formal equation. But it's like, okay, what is most worth it for a trip? Um, does it make sense for me to take? I mean, it would, uh, it, it has to do with timing, um, both what time of day that I'm leaving and coming back. It also has to do with how long I'm going to be gone. And, um, yeah, those are the main two things. Um, Because it's the same distance to get there either way. So weighing those all against each other, the most worth it to drive myself and park at the airport is when I'm only going to be gone for 24 hours, basically, which was the case for this trip. Um, That uh, go and park even parking at the airport, not in the garage. The garage is very expensive, but uh, the the uncovered parking, the open parking next to the garage, like right next to the airport, then you can just walk 
over the terminal. That makes the most sense when it's just a day trip like this. Um, I also do the shuttle parking, which is a lot cheaper than that. It's like half the price of uh, that uncovered parking. But then you have to do you take the shuttle. takes a little bit more time, and it was very, very cold. Um, oh, I guess I probably would have been warmer if I did that um, because it, it would be overall less walking, but possibly more waiting out in the cold. But anyway, so that's one aspect that that makes the most sense to just drive. Now, the other, um, like on the opposite end, the most expensive end is taking the Uber and Lyft, which um, is usually like $50 each way. It's a lot. It's pretty painful. But um, a lot of my a lot of my flights out are before, like the flight is at 6 a.m. And the light rail would be the most, would make the most sense for longer trips. So I'm going to be gone for like three or four days because parking is going to cost a lot um, for that type of trip. Um, so that's how those end up being. And that's what it ends up being most of the time. And that adds a lot especially for a trip where like the 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 plane tickets themselves maybe only like 200 bucks total so you're paying paying 50 percent of your error travel just for one side of the lyft and uber if you're as far away from the airport as i am um now i know a lot of people out there may be very fortunate to be live live very close to the airport as far as getting to the airport but maybe not so fortunate as far as um, all the noise from those airplanes. Now, I do live very close to an airport, but it's a municipal airport, and I don't think that it's cost-effective to take those flights anywhere unless I take a flight from <laughs> That would be dumb. That would be dumb. It makes way more. It would probably be way more expensive than Uber. If they have a flight from there to DIA, uh, that would be silly. But anyway, so I, I don't know. I guess I wanted to talk about that a little bit. I, hopefully, that made some type of sense. Um, and I'm curious, people, other people who travel a lot, like what are your like planning equations? Um, like, are there certain instances where, if this is the case, then this is what I'm going to do to get to the airport and that kind of thing? Uh, like, that's kind of my own personal rule set for that and then a a lot of times it comes down to like oh do i want to sleep an extra hour that i can get that extra hour if i'm not um if i drive myself or take uber slash lyft i i take i always take lyft i don't use uber at all i only use lyft um but you get the extra hour of sleep uh i'm not gonna sleep in the car well, obviously, I'm not going to sleep in the car if I'm driving myself. I'm not going to sleep if I'm getting driven by somebody else. Um, I've, like, sometimes I think, like, oh, I got, I'm going to be able to sleep well uh, during the drive out there. No, I end up talking to the person the whole time. And it's it's counterproductive. And then I try to sleep on plane. That, that doesn't work. So I'm always very tired. Anyway, um, yeah, you're – what. Share with me, what are your personal travel rules? How do you determine 
what method of travel you use. Like there's some trips that I have coming up that's like it makes a lot of sense to fly, but I'm gonna drive instead. Like um, going out to uh, get, going down to Texas. Actually, that one is a case where where I'm going in Texas again next month um, for a comic convention. By the way, Permian Basin Comic Con X, um, March first through third. Um, I I will be in Artist Alley. Look for Demon Jackal. Um, I haven't talked about Demon Jackal on this show at all. Um, Demon Jackal is my website for art stuff, and I'm going to be doing it's my first convention um, selling prints. So I'll be down there. If you're in Texas and you're anywhere near Midland, Texas, it's at the Midland Coliseum. Or I don't even know it. Col- the Midland Arena, Midland Cowtown. How? <laughs> what it's called but it's um it's uh, the permian basin comic con x i'll be down there but i'm gonna drive down there because flying to midland is crazy expensive and it's there's no no direct flights from dia so it's it makes it would be it's cheaper it takes more time but it's cheaper to drive down there and also i could just have my stuff all of my um just uh exhibit not uh um all my booth set up just in my car i don't have to worry about figuring out how to pack it into my check luggage and that that kind of thing yet um so yeah go check uh go check it out go to com. i have uh, um go onto the dates page and there's a, a list of all the booked um appearances that i have um they're all artist alley appearances um so far um maybe it'll be something different later on maybe i'll have a a a vendor booth later on if i start uh selling more type of stuff i have a a game that i'm working on um that i'm not going to talk about in detail here but it's a card game and um as soon as i have it up and running actually have it made and ready to go and uh getting that i'll be talking about on the podcast here but um, at that point, then it'll make sense to get a vendor space instead because then you're actually allowed to, to sell stuff that's not just like art prints and things like that. Though I could probably get away with it because I am designing the cards and everything, but I don't know if it exactly fits within the purview of the spirit of Artist Alley. But anyway, um, go check that out. Demonjackal.com. Um, click on dates to see which conventions i'm at also doing uh comic con uh no um um uh god what crap what is it called ogden uncon uh, doing that in june i think it is um in may i am doing the uh crap what is it called why can't i remember what it's called it's in ontario whatever it, um com- comic-con revolution comic yeah comic-con revolution and then in in august i'm doing uh colorado spring comic-con um hopefully i'm gonna be able to find a few more to do in june and july um between all of those stay tuned for all that this episode has been very long so i'm gonna wrap it up here um like I said, let me know what your travel equations are. I'm interested in hearing about that. But most importantly, let me know what you think about 
uh, I almost call it evolution, elimination chamber, and what you think is coming next. What you hope to see happen on Raw and SmackDown, and um, all this stuff going into Fastlane. The Fastlane commercial had some people on there that I'm really hoping that we get to see. We got to see them this week. Oscar, where's Oscar? Where's Oscar? It's got to have a big old match at Fastlane. It's got to be a huge match at Fastlane, I'm hoping. And, of course, a huge match at WrestleMania. But, you know, personally, I don't really mind. We have another champion that's treated as pretty dang important that isn't on the show very often. And if she is treated as a huge deal when she finally comes back, which I'm hoping is is tomorrow, I'm recording this on Monday, um, then I, I'm fine. That That's cool. Um, the video package that they showed uh, in, on the Portland episode, um, or is it the Washington, it was a Seattle episode. It was a Seattle episode. Um, I mean, she was treated as a pretty huge deal in that video package. So I, I have, I, I'm pretty optimistic about it. I'm optimistic about it. Sad that I didn't see her, but I'm hopeful that it's going to be awesome when we do see her. Um, so let me know all of that by tweeting me at TIW Podcast. Go to TIWpodcast.com for more reviews. If you enjoyed this episode or anything else on the site, please share some links with your friends. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, join me next time for 2019 Week 8. Talking about Monday Night Raw next. And uh, at some point, I'm going to see Alita Battle Angel and a bunch of other movies um in, in the next week or so stay tuned for all of that as well and umbrella academy once i finish watching watching that oh mass singer i was going to talk about this all right real quick i'm all caught up on mass singer i stayed up wait i stayed up like all night on friday night which is like a mistake because i was trying to get back on like a regular sleep schedule and it totally just kept it messed up but i watched all seven episodes so far and i'm so hooked Although I'm probably going to forget about it and then just catch up on the rest when it's all over. Uh, it's such a fun show. It's ridiculous. It's so fun and addictive. And um, I, 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 I want to see, see who the rabbit is. Gotta see who the rabbit is. I kind of ruined things going to the, to, to the, to the Reddit the subreddit about the Masked Singer the people putting together all the other clues of about people that I'm not really aware of. Like, oh, that's kind of ruining it. They're figuring out who the monster is and who the who the rabbit is. It's really obvious who the peacock is. It'd be surprising if it's not that person. Um but yeah, the reveals so far very fun. Yeah, I like it a lot. I was I was I was I was pleasantly surprised by who was it the poodle yes it was the poodle um also uh and then the unicorn was really cool too um and and the deer i like the deer i was convinced it was somebody else um but one of them, a couple of them called it um okay anyway oh okay, yeah that's it that's it i'm talking <laughs> that's the last thing um See you next time. This has been TIW Podcast. Bye.